So, Lord, we just pray for Julie now. We thank you for the words that you've put upon her heart, that you've put in her mind to speak. I pray for open, um, open hearts for ourselves to receive what she's bringing today. Amen. Amen. Yeah, what great worship. It said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Because God is our creator. He created everything, the heavens, the earth, everything under the sea, everything on the land, everything in the birds in the air, the livestock. I'm going to read all this because I'll forget half of it. Over the earth itself, every living creature, everything that crawls, everything. But he also raises up men and women in his image to do his will. Now, that's wonderful because he's raised you guys up. He's raised me up to do his will. But I'm just going to read you a few things. Because in Luke 19, the disciples were praising God. They were absolutely overjoyed. They were walking with the Lord. They were dancing. They were singing. They were saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace and heaven and glory in the highest. But guess what? Some people said, Jesus, tell your disciples to stop. There was opposition. But what did Jesus say? He said, if they keep quiet, the very stones will cry out. The disciples knew they were in the presence of God. They'd given their lives up to follow him. They were so happy and blessed to be with him. And Jesus had said, if they don't praise him, the very stones would. And we have a job to do that too. But there will be opposition. Even the, even the disciples listened to the complaining Pharisees. Rebuke your disciples. Why? They were praising God on earth. But the, but the thing was, the disciples had their eyes fixed on Jesus. They were ignoring the opposition. You know, They carried on. They thought, yeah, whatever. But it's very easy to not do that, isn't it? They were seeing the supernatural. They were overjoyed. We, we've been blessed recently, haven't we? We've seen some of the supernatural. We've had five or six healings. We've seen miracles of provision with this project. You know, it's, it's been amazing, and I'm sure we will see more. And the closer we get to God, the more we're going to see. And we need to do that. 1 Peter 1 says, we have a priceless inheritance that is kept in heaven for us, pure and undefiled. Sorry, the light is shining on my page and I can hardly see it. Beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad There is wonderful joy ahead. That doesn't mean you have to wait for the joy. We can have it now. Even though you must endure trials, many trials, it says, for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials... It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So basically, be encouraged. Hold on. 
yeah, we might go through a few trials. I'm sure the disciples went through a lot more than that. We can read about them. But Jesus offers us supernatural peace through turmoil. And I've actually experienced that myself again this week because I was so busy and I was getting all frustrated and I was thinking, oh, this is ridiculous. And sat down and just stopped and just sat in the presence of God. In fact, the week before that, when I did it, I was, I was rushing around. I have to tell you this because this is brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. Um, I was cooking the dinner and I was thinking, right, I was doing lots of other admin bits. I was doing loads and loads of stuff. But you know what? I was, while I was doing it, I was talking to the Lord. I was praising and I was saying, Lord, I'll be there in a minute. I'll be there in a minute. I was so excited to go and sit with him. And I couldn't wait. And it, it's, it's really strange because when I say that, I, it's true. I was so excited. And I kept saying, Lord, I'll be there in a minute. I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do that. I will be there. Do you know what? When I went and sat down, I felt his excitement. It was like a light just enveloped me. It was the most amazing thing that I felt for such a long time, if ever. The power was so amazing. And I had to go to Mary. And it was funny because I sat, I was enjoying it. I was loving it. I was praising. I was just, oh, Lord, you're so wonderful. I was praising his name. And then I got up. And I went because I followed my schedule. And I went to Mary's and I'm thinking, why am I doing this? I've just, why am I doing this? Nothing to do with you, Mary, sorry. But, <laughs> but I got there and I, I even said to Mary, the presence was so strong, I didn't actually still want to talk because his presence was with me. But I was kicking myself after. I was thinking, what on earth? Why did I stick to my schedule? And walk away. It's a huge, huge lesson. The Lord is most important. The Holy Spirit is most important. And it's like in the morning when we get up. You know, some of us have to go to work. And actually, sometimes I wake up. This morning I was awake at 2.30. But get up. If the Lord's waking you up, get up and pray. I know in the past I've spent time thinking... Okay, if I get up now, Lord, I'm going to be really tired at 8 o'clock when I've got to get out of the house. But actually, I've, I've got past that, and I'm thinking, do you know what? If the Lord is calling me, I want to be there. I don't care if it's the middle of the night. I want to be there, and I want to just listen. I want to pray. I want to, I want to just hear, what is it you're saying, Lord? What is it? My hunger has changed. So... Back to what I was going to say, because that kind of digressed slightly. He fights our battles, and there are going to be some. He sends his angel armies around us. Isn't that a lovely thought? You know, He opens doors that were not just closed, but locked. Look what we've seen with the building, the provision of that building. That is amazing. Did you know... That when we stand firm, what we're actually doing is claiming back territory. Uh, I spoke about that the other week. I mentioned that actually we'd claim back territory in our garden. And I thought that was prophetic. And actually, I do feel that. I feel this is a time of taking back territory. And that's why when we do things like that, the enemy will get ticked off. Because actually, it's like you walking right through the middle of his camp 
But he can't do anything because he's been disarmed because Jesus already has the victory. All he can do is watch you. But there are still irritating battles to fight. But we have been equipped with absolutely everything we need. We've been given a spiritual armor. We've been given the word of God. We've been given, oh my gosh, we've been given the Holy Spirit. We do not do this alone. We are not fighting battles alone. Paul tells us, and it's interesting, someone mentioned this this morning. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. I think it was you, Florine, when you were praying. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and store up treasures in heaven. Now, notice it says, pursue righteousness. Remember, it was by faith that Abraham was credited as being righteous. So what is it saying? Is it saying we have to fight to hold on to our faith? Interesting, isn't it? Pursue righteousness. Pursue it. Keep going after it. Is that what it's saying? We've got to fight for it. There's a story in Genesis 15 where it carries on. When the Lord had made a covenant with Abram, now that's before he was renamed Abraham, God told him to collect a heifer, a goat, a ram, a dove, and a pigeon to sacrifice. And this was going to be a sign of the covenant or the promise between God and And Abraham, yeah, but he was still Abram at that point. He did, he collected them, he cut them in half, he did exactly what God told him. He didn't cut the birds in half, they were whole, but he cut the animals in half, put them on the altar or whatever he did with them. He did what God wanted, but what happened? The birds of prey came and tried to take them. Abram's job at that point was to fight off the enemy. To fight off what was trying to steal the sign of the promise and the covenant. We have to do the same. We have to fight the enemy. We have to stand the the ground and we have to knock away the birds of prey or the enemy that are trying to steal the promise from you and me. We too have a promise. You know it, I know it. Our promise is of the Holy Spirit. He's the guarantee of what is to come. And I've just read, there will be unspeakable joy, but we also have that unspeakable joy now. And sometimes we have to fight for that. We have to fight to receive the promises now. We have to stand firm and fight off so that we can receive those promises. You see, the enemy uses lots of tactics But you know what? He's had a a couple of thousand years to perfect them. But they're all the same. They're so boring. They are all the same. Nothing new. He's tried everything, and yeah, he's very good at what he does. But guess what? Jesus has defeated every single one of them. And as long as we remember that the Holy Spirit is with us and we have the word of God and we we can speak that word of God to the enemy, he has to back off. Even Jesus did it after the 40 days and nights in the desert. What did he do? He quoted the Bible. He was tired. He was weary, but he quoted the scriptures. 
because it's the word of God and the enemy cannot stand against it. It was God who threw him out of heaven. That's why he's paid off. Excuse my language there, that slipped in. He has no power to stop you receiving the promises of God. You can receive every single promise that the Bible offers. Our greatest weapons are the Holy Spirit, the word of God, and your prayers. And like Dorothy mentioned earlier, every single prayer goes up and is heard. Every single prayer. Not one of them is not heard. God's not too busy to hear your prayers. When you stop and you pray, God hears. He doesn't say, oh, I can't bother at the moment. Let's just go over here. I'm cooking my dinner. He doesn't do that. God is not too busy for you because you are his child. So... We have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he is our comforter, our guide, our protector. He is the lover of our soul, mighty warrior. We can stand our ground, but we have to lean in closer. And we've spoken about that recently, about Proverbs 4. It's really been impact, impacting me that we have to lean in, listen, see, read, learn and declare. We take it like medicine. We declare it. We take it in. And we declare it, we say, the word of God heals all flesh. And because we've been declaring that, we've been seeing healings. Yeah? So, if we read on in that story about Abram, verse 12 says, As the sun was setting, and after Abram had been fighting off the birds of prey, now he was obviously tired, and he falls into a deep sleep. And it says, it's where he experienced great terror and darkness or depression, which overwhelmed him. But that didn't stop God from completing the purpose that he'd set out to do. Because it follows on, as the sun set, the sacrifice was burnt up and the covenant was made. And God said to your descendants, I have given this land. Now, Abram had stood his ground. He'd protected the promise, the covenant, and the sign. And God fulfilled his part. So he stood, he fought, he got the promise. Now, notice he, the, the, when God spoke to him, he said, to your descendants, I have given. He didn't say, I will give. Because while Abraham or Abraham was going through that tough time of depression and extreme terror and darkness, God was still carrying on doing the promise, getting the promise ready. And he said to him, I have given this land. So God didn't stop because he was feeling bad and he doesn't stop when you are. When you have a promise, which you have, every one of us has a promise. Some of us, lots of promises, but every single gift is yours to take. Every gift of the Bible is yours to take. That's the promise. Jesus is the sacrificial lamb. He is our covenant with God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Only through Jesus can we get to God. But while we're here, we have the promise of the Holy Spirit. We can lay hands on the sick and see them healed. We can lay hands on whoever 
and pray for them. But it does say actually somewhere in the Bible, be careful who you lay hands on. So don't just go around and say, can I pray for you? Let me lay my hands on you. No, pray for them. That's great. But ask God, what, what should I do here? Should I lay hands on someone? What can I pray for this person? But you have promises. Each one of you has the same Holy Spirit. Every one of you can pray for a person to be healed and see them healed. Every one of you. We can all pray for the dead and see them raised. There's a scary one. (laughs) We have been given the promises of God and we are heirs to every single promise from the Father in heaven. And we have authority to overcome the enemy, to trample snakes and scorpions. But let's not let go of those promises when it gets tough or when we get tired or when we get depressed. And we all do. We all have times of darkness. And it's so tricky, isn't it, to think, I don't want to go and bother anybody because I'm really miserable today. And I don't want to go. I don't want to burden someone else. But actually, that's the very best time to go to your brothers and your sisters and say, I need prayer. And let them stand with you. Let them pray with you. Because if the enemy's coming against you, stand with someone else. Where two or three are gathered, the Lord is in your midst. Yeah? We can stand together, but we don't have to be overwhelmed. Acts 2, sorry, Acts 12, talks about King Herod. Now, he'd arrested, he was going through this phase of arresting people from the church, and he had James... Um, the brother of John put to death. And he, arrest, he was really happy because the Jews, obviously, they were, oh, this is great, we like this. So he carries on and he arrests Peter. But what happened? All of the brothers and sisters got together and prayed for Peter. An angel listened, went, told him, get your clothes on. The chains fell off of him. The gates opened, out he walked. The funny thing is, when he got to the house where they'd been praying, they didn't believe it. It's like, it can't be. It must be his spirit. It can't really be him. And he actually stood outside the door for a while. It's a good lesson, isn't it? Because our prayers are heard. Our prayers are answered. And sometimes we're so shocked, we don't know what to do with that. But it is a lesson. When we pray, our prayers are heard. And we have things to pray for. Things to pray for each other, things to pray for this project. We're, on, we're at the next stage and we need finances. We need a van. We need finances to, to hire somebody. And the Lord will provide because he's re- provided everything else. Yes. But pray. Don't think this is a two, three, four, five, one-man band type thing. This is everybody in this because this is our way of blessing the community and showing them that God loves them. There are a lot of people out there who are lonely. They're without anything. They're starting new lives. They have nothing. How wonderful to have a brother or a sister go into their house and give them something that they need and something that they didn't know they needed. Our Lord. How wonderful to get into their house and say, can I pray for you as well? We want you to know you are not alone in this. Our God, Jesus, is alive and he loves you 
and he died on a cross for you to pay for your sins and make a way so that you can come to the Father. And he rose out of that grave and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father and he is interceding or praying for you. How wonderful to share that with someone. So this needs every single person's prayers. Now, I did think this morning, a lot, a lot of what I was going to say has actually already been spoken this morning. So I'm kind of thinking, okay, where do we go from here? If you need prayer, if you want prayer this morning, we are here. Don't rush off. We have anointing oil all the way from Jerusalem, from the Holy Land. Let us pray with you. Let us stand together with you. If you feel that you are under attack, enemy is under your feet. But let us stand with you and trample him with you. Amen? Amen. So this week, be blessed. Praise the Lord, no matter what you're going through. Lift the name of Jesus. Thank the Holy Spirit for being with you. Because even when you feel horrible or in the darkest place, just like Abram, doesn't mean God's not working on your behalf behind the scenes. Because he is. His promises never stop. Doesn't matter how you feel. It's not nice, but it doesn't matter how you feel. And actually, he can come in and take that heaviness away. Amen? Amen.